Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Amy Sanceri the winemaker for Nicolini Family Winery here in the Napa Valley. Amy, so much fun to be with you today. Thank you, Michelle. You and I are going to get a crash course on each other. (laughs) All right. I love it. So let's dive right in. Your family is so rich in history in the wine industry. We were talking a few minutes ago that you were basically born and bred to work in the wine business, weren't you? I, you know, I wasn't planning on it, but I did uh, make a decision very early on that that's what I wanted to do um, right when I was 21. So I probably didn't even occur to me until I was about 20 to actually um, make it my career path. Did you ever entertain anything else? And if so, what? Yes, I was planning on med school. Wow. That was, yeah, I um, got a degree in biopsychology. I know. Who does that? I know. Who does that? <laughs> um, at Santa Barbara. And I was told that diversity in a, um, a bachelor of science degree was a smart thing pre-med school. And so that's what I did. Something a little unusual. And that's what I was originally going to do. And then um, I helped my dad put in a vineyard uh, one summer. My parents were paying my way through college. And so I would give my summers to them to uh, work on their farm and I helped put in a vineyard learned how to drive a tractor and bam I was in love you were you were hooked yeah I was and the rest is history as they say (laughs) what's the most challenging part of being a winemaker there's a lot of hard work I think but I love hard work so I don't find that challenging um it can be kind of stressful I don't know. There's there's so many things I love about it. So when you say challenging, I'm like, I bring it on. You know, I actually embrace that challenge. I think that's what I love about my job is the challenges that come with it. So um, it's hard for me to look at that as a like a obstacle. You know, obstacle. Exactly. It's um, well, so it warrants the question. What do you enjoy most about winemaking? I love making a great glass of wine so when I taste something and I'm like uh, thinking wow this tastes like cherry pie or this tastes like it just you know something that just blows me away um, that's what I love about winemaking your family has like I said has been involved in the wine business Mm -hmm. uh, for a while do you feel like you got big shoes to fill carrying on the the tradition and Yes. Uh, My family is, well, I'm fifth generation. I'm the seventh straight family winemaker for Nicolini Family Winery. Um, So, yes, there's a little stress there. Um, I never thought I was actually going to be my family's winemaker. I've got lots of cousins that are in the business. And um, when I first got into this, I actually started at a small winery um, in this little town called Vina, and it was with my dad and Trappist monks. 
and I'm still their winemaker as well. But that's where I started, and it just so happened that um, my family embraced me and said, you're getting into the wine industry, let's help train you. And about 10 years ago, they needed a winemaker, and I just kind of fell into that role. So um, it wasn't, I I never really thought I was going to, I just always thought I was going to be helping to scrub buckets for my family <laughs> and I'd be working at other wineries um, elsewhere yeah. so is there a mentor that really stands out or is your is your whole family mentoring you along the way I would say my whole family my dad's um, he says he's my biggest fan and um, he's taught me so much uh, my great uncle Joe Um, He's the one who really drug me into the Nicolini family winery. Um, I wasn't expecting that, but um, he was definitely uh, wanted to show me the ropes and had me working in the tasting room, had me working out in the vineyard, had me working harvest. Um, My dad's first cousin, Greg Boger, he owns a winery um, in El Dorado in California. He was my first wine mentor. Um, And then today I have Derek Holstein. He's a wine consultant that I use. Um, All of these are men, which is amazing. I love men in my life because they've all just let me be me, um, never um, held me back, and, and just kept pushing me forward. So I've really appreciated all the experiences I've had. Men can be good mentors to they, women. <laughs> I've been so blessed. I've had such great experiences with all of them. Top moments of your career so far? I did win international, well, so let me back up. I won in 2017 Woman Winemaker of the Year. Wow. Yeah, so that was a very special win for me. Absolutely. How could anybody not keep giving you that award year after year. I keep trying. I keep trying. One day, maybe I'll get two. (laughs) Yeah, but one's awesome. Yeah, it is. Do you get an award that you have on your mantle? I did. I got a, like, glass plaque. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not a real showy person, um, so I have it in a drawer. I don't even have it displayed. But um, I'm trying to find, like, the right place for it. It is um, still something I cherish, definitely. Is there something that you're striving to achieve as a winemaker? I love education. And um, I used to have a dream. I don't know if I will fulfill it because now I have children, and so all of my dreams are now kind of, in my children, letting, trying to inspire them and, and help them achieve their dreams. But, um, before children, I really wanted to be a master of wine mm-hmm. and, um, that's a pretty elite, uh, category. It requires a lot of travel and, um, but I love wine. I love the wine industry. I love learning. Um, I would love to travel. Um, so maybe after they go to college, maybe I'll jump back into that. And that's just a few years away. Yeah. <laughs> it will happen before you know it, I'm sure. I'm sure, too. Let's talk about your winemaking style. How, how would you define your style of wine? Well, I am very fruit-forward, not sweet, but fruit-forward, clean. Um, I like to, I like the oak influence. Um, 
I am really looking for the essence of the the fruit and the grapes that we bring in. So I want, if I bring in cab, I want people to, I want it to taste like cab, but it's got to be really yummy. It's got to be um, something that you just want to keep having a sip after sip after sip like that is the biggest compliment is if it's hard to put down or every time you taste it you just have to stop in mid-sentence and be like wow that tastes amazing delicious yeah absolutely so that's what I'm looking for at the moment do you have a favorite varietal I like unusual stuff. So the more unusual, the better. So if you said um, we grow a Certico or we have a bottle of Alianico, um, I would be really interested to try it. I, I, like, I like everything. I don't have a favorite. I like sweet. I like dry. Um, I like sparkling. I like... Um, you know, even um, Paquette, you know, which is just, you know, real low alcohol farm style wine. Um, but I like things that are unusual and um, I'm definitely an adventurous taster. So you like tasting those wines, not necessarily making those wines? I make them all because I like the experience. Okay. I don't mean not make it into something we sell. Um, I made a paquette a couple years ago, and I still have it in um, in a keg. And I keep telling myself I'm going to bottle it just for my crew. Um, I haven't bottled it yet, but it's something that I, you know, just to do something that out of the ordinary. Yeah, absolutely. Just to just to try it, just to have the experience of it, and know what. Uh, people are talking about when they and I like to make it you know I am a maker of things so it's not just tasting it and understanding it I want to know how to do it hands-on do you hope your children will get involved in the business is that, you know, a, is they, that a wish? They, it is not, um, just because I want it to happen organically for them. If it happens organically like it did for me, then I will be so pleased. But my biggest wish is that whatever they fall in love with, it just, that they hopefully find something. Because for me, it was it was not expected. There was no talk of it when I was little. Um, we have a very big family. So at five generations, there's lots of cousins and, and aunts and uncles that are in the business. So there was no pressure with me growing up. And I really love that because it helped me. I fell in love with it naturally. And I think that's that passion you can't take. You can't you can't force a passion. No, I agree yeah. for sure. And you don't want to force somebody to do to anything. do anything. Yeah, no, makes them not <laughs> want to do it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But like, who wouldn't want to make wine? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a dirty job. Yeah. It's probably not for everyone. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, there's something for everyone. That's for sure. That is true. If somebody wants to taste your wines, what's the best way to do that? Well, we're a small family winery, so either go online to purchase our wine. You can visit us. Um, we're doing um, tastings at our winery, um, mostly on the weekends. So I think we're Friday through Sunday right now. Um, we don't really sell to many retailers, so really your best bet is going to be ordering online or just visiting us in um, in St. Helena is where we're located. We're up by Lake Berryessa. 
tucked away. Yes, we're we're a little hidden, but it's a really great, beautiful drive. Drive, exactly. Yes, and precious little spot. What advice would you give the next generation of winemakers in your family? If in, somebody if somebody uh-huh. wanted to pursue winemaking, what advice would you give them? You know, I think it would be really helpful to. Um, you got to be really diverse. Either, you know, continue your education in business, maybe mechanic school, maybe um, uh, definitely farming. Um, I can't tell you how many things of equipment I have had to fix in my career. And I wasn't really good. I wasn't really trained in how to fix equipment or be an electrician, but I have definitely learned along the way. And um, when you're uh, our wineries, the two wineries I work for are very remote. So when your press breaks down or your crusher breaks, breaks down, you, there is no backup. And you got fruit on the floor and time is of the essence and you have to just figure it out. Um, so I've been really blessed because all of my mentors are great at fixing things and making things happen and not giving up and being creative and just figuring it out. And so I approach everything the same way. I never give up. I figure it out. Um, and I learn every step of the way. And it's a really great thing. But um, having that diversity and background and skill set, I think, is really important. Because um, when you need it, it comes in handy. And absolutely. Well, it might be frustrating at the time when something breaks. Yeah. <laughs> but you do learn. And then you know what to do next time, right? That's right. <laughs> For our listeners, can you illustrate what a typical day is like for you you know we start off early there's just no getting around it if you live a farmer's life and you need to be in the field or you know harvest time it's usually a hotter time of the year and so getting up early is just way smarter so that you're not in the middle of the vineyard in this you know scorching heat um the winery, a lot of wet feet, um, so I'm usually wearing boots or dealing with hoses. Um, water and cleaning is a huge part of the job. Um, you know, I think typical day, but a little unusual for someone in their career would be tasting by 9 o'clock. Uh, we taste and spit, but um, but yeah, it is kind of an awkward thing. You just brush your teeth, you've been up, you've had some coffee, and then you got to go to work and go taste some wine. Um, but that's kind of the fun thing too. But you get kind of used to that, um, and then you know sometimes there's long days. If it's harvest, you know I've done. 40 days straight of 12 hour days, sometimes Mm -hmm. even uglier than that. (laughs) Um, And it's hard to just keep that momentum, but your passion just drives you. Yeah. It just, it keeps you waking, waking up and going back and sticking, sticking with it and not giving up. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard, but it's, it's really rewarding too. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. 
Go to Total Wine, you'll save more. So many wines and beers galore. Down through the aisles with corks to pop. Ask for friendly advice while you shop. Oh, so, so much to explore. Oh, so, so many to pour. Holiday cheers, clink, clink, clink. Get everyone their favorite drink. With our wondrous selection and always low prices, Total Wine & More is your savings wonderland. Drink responsibly, be 21. Well, let's move on to your personal life. Okay. <laughs> we are currently sitting in Calistoga. Yes. <laughs> Just in case. Be- beautiful town, by the way. Yeah, cute little town here in the Napa Valley. As you mentioned, your winery is in St. Helena. Mm-hmm. But you don't live in the Napa Valley. I don't. You live in Chico. So. I do. <laughs> Why do you live in Chico? Um, Inquiring minds want to know. Yes. Well, I grew up in Chico. Okay. So I didn't grow up in Napa. I was not born and raised here. Um, but I grew up in Chico, which is a small, beautiful little um, college town. And my parents live near Chico. They they raised me in Chico, and then they, after high school, they moved to the small little town called Vina. And I live in Chico because they're there. I want to be close to them. I met my husband in Chico. We decided we wanted to raise our kids there. Um, our Both of our jobs are um, my second winery with the, with the Trappist Monks. Um, that takes, that's a, a bigger winery than my family's winery. And so I spend a good 70% of my time at that facility. And then 30% of my time is at my family's winery here in, in St. Helena in Napa. So there's the reason. There's the reason. It's the family. The family and she met her husband there. That's um, right. So if we take a step inside your house, mm-hmm. what would we see? What's your decorating style? You know, my husband has got the decorating eye. He is absolutely amazing. Um, he's an illustrator. And so he's the artist in the family. And he does all of our art. We do have some pieces that are from some of his friends that I absolutely love, but my husband draws all of our own art and we get it framed. And so those are most of the, the pictures on our walls is from my husband. Fascinating. I know. He's, he's, he is really talented. Um, we're, uh, our house is very cottage kind of farm style house. Uh, we're right smack dab in the middle of town though. So we're not out in a f- nice farm countryside, um, yeah. but it's got this cottage esque feel kind of craftsman mm-hmm. style, um, color scheme. Uh, I would say mostly grays, uh, grays and white, um, we do need a remodel, so I'm hoping we'll we'll get to that soon. Um, but yeah, simple wood floors. Um, Favorite room in your house, and why? It must be our living room, and I think it's because it's the place where we all congregate. Um, my, we have like a little kids table. I've got a five-year-old and a nine-year-old and we kind of just set it up so that we can, my husband has his computer in there, which I know it sounds like an odd spot, but he does his work. My kids play on their little play table. Um, 
we just spend a lot of time. It's like where we all kind of come together. So that would probably be my favorite room is where everyone else is. Is there something people might be surprised to learn about you? Do you have a hidden talent? Do you collect something unusual? I do have something that's a little unique. Um, when I was probably 12 years old, I saw my first Chevelle, which is um, a kind of a sporty car, kind of a hot rod car, and always loved it. And in when I graduated UC Davis with my degree in viticulture and enology, I had a good friend, her name was Jen, who owned a 71 Chevelle, and I always wanted a 71 or a 72. It was just something about that car. It was I fell in love. And um, she said she wanted to sell it. And I said, oh, my goodness, I will be first in line. And she gave me that opportunity, and I've loved this car ever since. So I own a 71 Chevelle. Um, it's not an SS. It's nothing fancy. It's, but it's, uh, it's bright orange. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, it's got some black uh, racing stripes on it. Yes. Um, it's got a 350 small block engine. Um, it's, it's loud and kind of obnoxious, but I absolutely love it. And I've had it for almost 20 years now. And how, um, how often do you take it out? I take it out at least it's my Sunday car. So every Sunday I drive it around. Well, you surprised me and I love (laughs) it. I I love it. It used to be my main car pre-babies, but then I realized I couldn't get a car seat in the back Back seat. seat. So I'm like, well, I guess I got to get a different vehicle. So now it's my Sunday car. You had to get a grown-up car. I did. (laughs) Have you taken a trip that's had great meaning for you? I went uh, for me and my husband's honeymoon. We went to Santorini. Um... And in Santorini, Greece, and that was this little island. Um, I'd mentioned a Certico earlier of, of liking those really unusual wines. Well, a Certico is home to Santorini, and that's where I discovered Certico. And yeah, it's just um, I, that place was really, really amazing. I just thought it was so beautiful, and maybe it was just because I just gotten married and I'm with my new husband, and just everything was. You know, have just you, perfect. Have you thought about going back? Yes. I, I would love to go back. I sometimes wonder when you go back, will it live up to the memories that you have? Yeah. I mean, but but you have such great memories that maybe uh-huh. it'll be even better. Yeah. You know, I think it can go either way, right? <laughs> That's right. And being in the wine industry, you make different friends. And I happen to also... Um, be working with a Certico and we we actually grew it we planted it in Napa we're the first to plant this variety in Napa oh wow it's growing on my dad's property um we also grow it in Vina at my other facility mm-hmm. and um so it's a small world it's a small little island so I've gotten to know a lot of producers because there's not many people that produce it we're the first in the U.S. to be even growing this grape and um, so anyways, I think it would be more fun to go back because I've got new friends that I actually haven't been to their home turf and, and hung out with them. So right. it'd be lovely. So can you buy that wine now? 
You can. Um, you can't buy it with Nicolini's, but you can buy it with um, our other winery, which is New Clairvaux. I think it would be fun to do a blind taste of yours and then some, some of the Greece. Yeah. Greek wines. Yeah, yeah. from Santorini. Yeah. yeah. We, we do it all the time. And actually, this is a funny story. I took some to San Francisco when um, there was a bunch of Greek producers showcasing their wine. And when we were done with the tasting, I had just all the producers in the room. And I said, hey, you guys want to try the first California Assertico? And they were like, oh, yes. And I poured it all to them. And I swear it was just dead silence because they were so shocked. And it was a great, great moment. Probably another highlight of my career was just to wow those people. Wow them. <laughs> uh, they all said they couldn't believe it was a Certico because it was so fruit forward, mm-hmm. um, which I think is just a California style. Mm-hmm. We're really, in California, we are so blessed to be able to make these fruit forward just beautiful big fruity wines and it's it's a california thing it is um so yeah they were they were shocked that's cool i love it well it warrants that i ask you this question you work in the wine industry other than your own wines what do you like to drink at home it doesn't have to be wine um well in chico we're near sierra nevada so I'm a big, um, I like the Celebration Ale. It's uh, like a hoppy IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I drink? I'm really big into juice, like mocktails. Um, so I do uh, lemon juice, water, and some chopped up mint. Hmm. That's a little mocktail. I don't, yeah. I don't even need the vodka. I just like the fruit. I love mixing different fruit flavors. Sometimes I'll do cranberry juice or um, I'll just like to, you know, I'll make something with lime versus lemon and really just kind of delve into what does lime kind of taste like versus the lemon flavors and so fruit I love fruit juices and mixing those together and and that's probably why I like wine is because there's all of those flavors and components in wine and when you taste wine you can kind of break it out and 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 um and dissect it in a way and so um, I do the same thing uh with fruit juices as simple as that is yeah you are a Fruit chemist. I guess so. <laughs> there you have it. Well, we're going to wrap things up with what I like to call is five quick questions. They are really lighthearted. You ready? Okay. What's your favorite flower? Uh, my mom is always like daisies. I'm going to say daisies because oh, my mom is just a sweetheart. It wasn't about your mom. It's about you. I know, but I don't have a favorite flower. <laughs> okay, daisies. She's adopting daisies. What time? You kind of already answered this. What time do you get up in the morning? Early. I know. What yeah. time? Five, four? Before the break of dawn. Okay. If you were a crayon, what color would you be? bright orange what is one of your all-time favorite movies Mm, i'm gonna say the matrix the very first matrix i love the matrix i watched that probably a hundred times it's easy to watch isn't it and i neglected to ask you this earlier so i'm going to ask you now so you can expand on it if you'd like Mm -hmm. what is a favorite holiday tradition 
going to my parents' house. We all get together, and I know that's everybody's tradition. Um, but my mom likes to take these um, like lunch bags and put some sand in them, sand in them, and put a little candle. And she lines her driveway. She's got a really big, beautiful driveway, so it takes her kids. She, she's my parents had four kids. I've got three other siblings. Takes us hours to put these stupid things out. But when they're <laughs> all lit, it is just beautiful. And that's been a family tradition for Christmas time for us. And it makes my mom super happy. So we do it. And uh, once it's all done and everything's lit up, we all take a picture. And it's just a beautiful thing. It sounds fabulous. I have to ask, though, how many times do the candles get lit? Once and when only? once, yeah. On we, Christmas we Eve? We set it or? up. Yeah, probably Christmas. It's whenever we can all get together. So it might be the day before Christmas Eve, but it's really close to Christmas. Okay. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Michelle. Visit com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women. Thank you.